from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It is a uh, pre-game, pre-show kind of thing right here. And uh, we have all three of us today. Hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to talk about all facets of this offense, defense, and, and give you some guys to watch in particular, especially when it gets late in that game in the fourth quarter. I'm Ryan from Rogue Analytics and RGR Football, and I am joined by everybody today. How are you, fellas? I'm doing very, very well. Life is good. Doing very good. Doing very good. Thank you for asking. I uh, just want to give a shout out. Thank you all for the new iTunes reviews. We have been getting several. Uh, really appreciate that. And we have a uh, special show tomorrow. Um, show number 500. Yeah, I'm a little excited about that. 500. At the rate I was going when I was still with the Chief in the North, that would have taken me like 10 years to get there. In the year 3000. <laughs> Seth is still talking about Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. But no, that's cool. Episode 500. Congratulations, guys. It's good to uh, it's. – I'm going to take full credit for it since I'm part of the team now. I'm going to act as though – Don't say. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's stunning, really. I'm going to act as though I've been here every step of the way. That's my plan. Be like, oh. You've been here a lot, though. They'd be like, oh, it's been quite the journey, guys. Can't believe we made it. <laughs> Just I still can't believe it's 500, honestly, but, you know. Well, and we started the CWM podcast before that. That was uh, another good 150 episodes. So uh, we, we're cruising right along. So uh, enough nostalgia. Sorry, folks. We just had to live that for a minute. But um, we appreciate you checking us out and obviously sitting through this at, at 499 right now. Uh, we, we really appreciate everything you've done for us in, in terms of listening and helping us grow. And, and hopefully... You still enjoy getting our opinions out of it, and we have plenty for you tonight. So don't forget, check out Chris's work at LockedOnChiefs.com and check out Seth's work at The Athletic. I, I know you never know where he writes, but I just want to make that clear. I was trying to keep that on the down low personally, but I, I guess, oh. you know, that's cool. The secret's out now. Secret's out. Cat bag. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so – Here's the big thing about this this Chiefs-Texans game preseason. Um, I was a bit surprised, and I want to know what you guys think. You, first of all, Chris, because you just saw him the most recently. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Patrick Mahomes is slated to play an entire quarter. I'm actually not, uh, and I do want to throw this out there as well. Uh, it's kind of exciting to me to think that we're going to be seeing Mahomes versus Watson. Right. Uh, but I'm not surprised he's going to throw or he's going to play a full quarter because – he has almost no experience. One game is not, does not make a quarterback, and he needs to play more than Alex Smith did. Alex didn't need those warm-up games. Uh, he knew what he was doing, and he knew how he was doing it. Pat does. Uh, and the Houston defense is always a formidable test, so I think it's a good thing that he's going to be playing for an entire quarter. And I wouldn't be surprised if Houston goes on a long drive that maybe Pat comes out in the second quarter if they only get a short drive or two. Keep pace a little bit. Seth, are you surprised or am I am I'm not I surprised. Um, the reason for that, I mean, you know, and you are crazy, but not for this reason. The um, the <laughs> Andy Reid's done it pretty much the same every year. You know, the plan's always been the first quarter. I think there was only the one year 
uh, I can't remember who was against, maybe the Cardinals, where they just like came out firing on the first two drives, and then he pulled them a little early. But generally speaking, he it's around that first quarter. And like uh, Chris said, I think we had one year where it went a little longer because there was a long drive by another team. And I have not fact-checked any of this. Maybe I'm just imagining all of it. But the the reality is, I mean, you know, playing that full first quarter, I think – you know, give a guy a couple drives, let him kind of adapt to the game situation. I like it. Um, you know, obviously, like Chris said, preseason, it's not the same thing as, you know, regular season football or even close. But there's value there in that you can practice, you know. I mean, it's just it's just one more yeah. opportunity to go up against NFL-level players and get a few more reps in. Well, it's full game speed. That's right. the big thing to me. Right. And that, that's, a, that's, and that's fair. I mean, I, I'm just the, I guess I'm just a little more conservative when it comes to the, the franchise on the line. You know, I, I agree with you guys that it's not the same as regular season. So I just, I'm a little more risk averse. I'd, 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 teams will crumble. You lose a quarterback, even for a week or two, even like a mild injury that is like, oh, I can't right. play the first week. Eh. That gets your season started, you know? So for me, like, I'd rather be more conservative with with games that, like you said, are not exactly regular season tempo. You know, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I'd hold them out more, but that's just me. Yeah, I could see it. You know, the, the, the deal of it is I think it's just one of those someone could get hurt at any time, and so obviously you can, you can decrease the risk for each snap you don't take. But again, I, I think it's got to be a risk-reward kind of thing because, you know, you can, you can tear your, your ACL in training camp just as easy as you can in a game. Maybe not quite as easy for a quarterback because they got that yellow jersey. But I, I think it's a good opportunity to get some game reps, and I'm person. I'm just I'm so excited to have new film to review. I am. I just I could not be more excited. Well, I, I think one of the things that we're gonna I'm gonna be interested to watch, and it, it won't be Mahomes. It will be probably later in the in the second half. Even um, the Chiefs made another maneuver for another guard, and I'm uh, that that happened on Tuesday. Uh, they did not end up getting, uh, was it Jack Allen, uh, who was on waivers from the Colts? Ryan? Yeah? I actually like where you're going with this conversation, but I do want to throw something out there. When you're talking about line, don't you think it's also important for the first string line to get more continuity and have a chance to play together? I, I do. They they are the, the one group that I, I, I would say, and honestly, not the one group, pretty much everybody but the quarterback. The quarterback's the only <laughs> one that I would be more like conservative about, but you know. He touches the ball every play. So him in the center, I guess. Um, but but here's my thought is you had Cam Irvin get, get a little dinged up. He came back to practice. Why go out and get another guard when you clearly have at least a three-headed monster, maybe a four-headed monster for that position? And, and my thought initially is maybe they're going to hold Cam Irving out a little bit in order to not put any stress on whatever that, that slight injury was um, and, and just have another body there in the depth chart for the fourth quarter or something like that, because clearly their pickup Cooper is not uh, not somebody that's going to be competing for a starting job. I could see that. I mean, it makes sense. I I feel like I think he's been participating fully. I think it's just a matter of regular roster churning. You know, you you pull in a guy here and there, see how they'll do, and, you know, if they work out, great. If they don't, well, whatever. Uh, that's what I would take that as. But, I mean, it could be they're going to try to be cautious. You know, as far as just on the whole offensive line issue, um, you know, the reality is you've got, other than Irving, I mean, you've got 
Fisher, Morse, LDT, and Schwartz. Those are all three-year starters. And so I don't really know how many reps those guys need. The only one that needs any continuity with them is Irving, who, to be fair, has got a second. This is his second year in the system, and he did play a little guard last year for the team. So it's not like he's a newbie either. Dude, did you just actually me? I was well actually in Chris. Oh, I strangely feel better about that. Did I say actually? That doesn't, that yeah. doesn't surprise me that you feel better about that. <laughs> no, but, but I get what Seth is saying. I guess my argument against what he is saying would be the fact that, yes, Irving was in the system last year, but he didn't play with Fisher and Morse on either side of him. Sure. So to me, that's continuity that you have to get with those guys and figure things out with those guys. And the more snaps you can get as a group, I think the better. So I'm somewhat excited just for the fact that they'll get a, a full quarter uh, to play together and see how that goes. Irving's probably going to be a guy that I'm going to have a pretty close eye on. I'm I'm st- I'm still deciding who I'm going to do my night of review on, and Irving might be the guy, either him or Passanio, because it really how Irving plays will be kind of interesting, not just in terms of how the line will do this year, because that's a pretty big deal. You know, if he can be better than Witzman was last year or or Anger was the year before that, I mean, that would be a big deal. That would really help. And then also, what a feather in the cap of uh, Brad Veach that would be. If they took right. Cam Irving, you know, traded like what a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder for him, and turned him into a functional NFL starter, that'd be a huge win. I tell you what, I'm I'm just hoping that this whole thing that they're doing in Cleveland, where they put Joel Batonio back out at left tackle, I'm hoping that fails miserably, and so yeah. John Dorsey has to ship him out for uh, another seventh rounder, like they did with Coleman, because I I think he'd fit perfectly in that left guard spot in Kansas City. <laughs> well, and you say stuff like that, and Kansas City can't afford it, uh, that contract. I don't think. I don't care. I'll cut people. Yeah. I got names. I got yeah. names. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely names that could be cut for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start talking cuts, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some about the defense and the injuries there. Chiefs kick off the preseason tonight, and that means regular season games are right around the corner this season. Don't wait around watching the Chiefs from home when you can be at Arrowhead, in the crowd, cheering in person, thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering Locked On Chiefs listeners 10% off their first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. New customers only, and the offer's good through the end of August, and that code again is Locked On. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now, and the Chiefs kick off their home schedule. You can be there for all the excitement. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your first order. The NFL is back, and Vivid wants you to get into the game. Now, on the other side of the ball, also on Tuesday, we found out uh, Dan Sorensen's out for a little bit, not just the preseason. Uh, it appears, at least at, at current reports, that it's going to go into the regular season a bit. And that means that he is on the shelf. Uh, Armani Watts, Eric Murray seem to be the ones that are going to get the reps initially, especially maybe this week uh, week one preseason matchup. Um, who do you guys want to see more? Chris? Well, I think I'm curious to see what Eric Murray can do. Uh, Armani Watts, I think, is going to have his time. I'm not sure if it's going to be right now or not, but I'm interested to see what Murray can do. I know he struggled in the past couple of years, but we'll see what they can do going forward. I'm a Watts guy. <laughs> Are you a Watts guy? Well, okay. you know, I like Watts a lot. I think he can do a lot of things, but the problem is, I mean, his tackling was so poor 
in college. And so mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't know. You know, like Chris said, you know, as far as seeing what Eric Murray can do, it's tough for me because, you know, it's only been two years. His first year he didn't play at all. His second year he obviously got thrust into a role he was not prepared for. And so it's tough to say, well, we've seen what he can do because that's not really fair to him. But at the same time, we've seen what he can do. You know what I mean? So oh, it's it. just always tough for me. You know, when a guy d- plays as poorly as he did a lot of the time last year, and I know some reasonable minds can can differ on this, um, but I just I, I saw him out of position too often. Now, again, I think he got thrust into a role he wasn't ready for. The physical tools are all there. Um, you know, it'll just be kind of an interesting thing to see how he would do. I, you know, the the idea was for Sorensen to play, I think, a little more free safety role this year, and you know, Watts or Murray, I think that's more ideal for them. So I, it'll be interesting to see either one of them. I don't feel like Murray is probably in a position to have that spot locked down. And then here's the other aspect of it, you know, while Sorensen's out, I mean, who's the third safety now? Now is it is it Murray and Watts, and just both of them are going to see the field quite a bit? Um, will O'Daniel end up seeing more of that box role? You know, it, it's just it's kind of an interesting domino effect because there's not a lot of depth at safety. Well, yeah, in these preseason games, if you don't see somebody take that that position by the horns, especially the deeper end of of this safety trio they want to play, I think you may end up seeing Eric Berry play deep more often than not because you have O'Daniel and you, and you have Watts who can play up towards the line if they need him to. Sure, sure. Yeah, he did that quite a bit in college. Uh, you know, he was more of a free safety guy, but he also played in the box too. He can make some plays against the run. He's a hitter. He's right. just not a tackler. <laughs> um, and obviously you can't get away with that in the NFL, but I think he'll he'll figure that out. It, the whole the whole situation to me is frustrating. To be perfectly honest, um, I feel like they could have signed Trey Boston for mm-hmm. real cheap. And even though Boston is lousy against the run, he can sure play free safety. And so the whole thing is just frustrating for me because it feels like it's unnecessary, and it's just it's just kind of one of those things that. I don't know. Again, it just highlights a position that I was already a little bit concerned about. And so that's a frustrating thing. I, I can concur. I don't know. Chris, is that like the most worrisome position right now on this defense? Uh, with Sorensen out, probably. Uh, as much as I hate admitting that, um, he does give them somebody that they know and that they trust, uh, whether or not we believe that he's capable of doing what they want him to do. Mm-hmm. Um Right. So, you know, to me, that is a very, that's a thin position already. And uh, I'm not going to say the, uh, I'm not going to kibosh it right now, but, uh, you know, there, there are other safeties that are, that have had injury issues in the past is what I will say. Yeah. Yeah, So that makes it very worrisome at least to say the least to me. Uh, The rest of the defense, I think you can probably, sustain a couple of games injury for different players, but safety, it's going to be one of them. That's going to be tough. And folks, let me be plain. I am not happy. Dan Sorensen's hurt. Not at all. The problem I have with Dan Sorensen, he's paid to be a starting caliber safety and he's not when he has to play in the back end of this defense. The problem is he plays on a team with Eric Berry and that's what he should be doing. He's good at being a box safety. So don't take it as, Oh, I've been telling you all season to cut him and now he's hurt and I'm happy. I'm not. I feel for the guy. I sure. just I think it gives opportunity to younger guys who can play free safety better, and I think in the long run it may be better for this team. But yeah, it, it may well be. 
it may well be that's the one potentially silver lining is, you know, it's an opportunity to see what the young guys can do. And it's a chance for one of them to really seize the moment. I mean, that's kind of, you know, this is your shot if you're one of those younger guys. I don't know. It'll be – the whole thing will be interesting. There's just so many players on the defense that the variance in the defense, they could be as lousy as they were last year. They could be pretty good. It's just impossible to say. And so it'll be fun seeing some of those guys. Well, the guy that I want to watch the most is Breland Speaks. And, Seth, from what you've seen so far, which I feel like it's been kind of underplayed, are you going to be paying attention to him or are you just wanting to see what Ford can do? I, I'll i be paying attention to Speaks, Passanio, and Ford. I want to see all three of them. Um, the reality is I don't care which one of them provides – decent pass rush just as long as one of them does and hey if two of them do that's even better because they really could use the help um you know with Ford it's kind of tough not to feel like you know what you have with him um but if he's if he's fully healthy we know this if he's fully healthy he's a decent pass rusher so why don't you just go out and trade for uh Khalil Mack I would if the if I I know he's a guy you pay (laughs) He's the guy you pay all day. You uh, you you pay him, and you just you take the next two Super Bowls to the bank. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, a guy like Khalil Mack, and this is kidding aside. If I were Brett Veach, I'd call and offer a first rounder for him in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, crud, offer offer a first and one of the extra seconds for next year. Then yeah, you got to yeah. pay him. You got to pay him, and that's tough. But it is, but you know, it's a matter of saying, "Hey, Justin, we're going to get you a bookend. Can you give us back, you know, enough cap space for six or eight million? And then we cut Demetrius Harris. Yep, and we cut and let D Ford go, and all of a sudden we're there. Yeah, it's very, very doable money wise. And then you know, the reality of it is, you would end up signing a guy like that to a long term contract. And the reality is, suddenly you've got some leverage in in next year and the year after when Houston's contract is kind of up for renegotiation and stuff because you've got the closest thing in the NFL to Justin Houston. I mean, that, and I'm just saying those two, that, that's a bookend. And, and look, do I think it had happened? No. But here's the, here's the interesting thing for okay, me. Okay, but kidding aside, I have to ask the question. Do you think that regardless of whether or not the Chiefs could trade for him, do you think Oakland actually makes that move? Actually trades him? Yes. I have no idea. I can't predict John Gruden. That dude I do. is – I, I think he's looking to send a message. I think he's looking to be like that old school coach, you know, returning the mentality and all that stuff. And I think he's looking to send a message, and I don't think Marquette King was a strong enough message. And so now you've got literally the best player on the team. And it's not even it's not even close. Yeah. Um, but, I mean – I think they could get offered some pretty serious stuff from this is where it drives me crazy because NFL teams are so conservative with their draft picks. Now we've seen that Brett Veach isn't, but he's not more, you know, looking to trade for elite guys. He's looking to offer fourth or fifth round picks for kind of project guys like Ragland and Irving. I wish he'd be a little more willing to swing for the fences with guys that you might have to pay like an Earl Thomas or Aaron Donald. Yeah. And Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald ain't going to get traded. There's no way. I just right. I just can't see it. Although I don't know what they're thinking. Like see and that's the thing. To me there are these market inefficiencies in the NFL where te- where Ooh. teams are valuing things like cap space and draft picks more than they should. 
Now, cap space is valuable as long as you, you know, if, if you're stupid with it. But, I mean, you know, there's no team that's just like, hey, you know, we went 1-16, but, man, we got all this cap space. No one cares. Uh, I mean, you, you need to give yourself just enough wiggle room to sign someone if someone gets hurt. Otherwise, you ought to be bumped up against that bad boy every year with a plan for, okay, how next year are we still going to be aggressive but be bumped right up against it again? You know what I mean? People value cap space for, because it's it provides this great unknown. It's the same reason they like draft picks. We love the unknown as sports fans. Where to me, if I would call, I'd call the Seahawks in a heartbeat and say, "Hey, we got this extra second round pick. Give us Earl Thomas." I would do that because I don't value cap space and draft picks nearly as much as a lot of people do. So, with that, we're going to take our break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about guys to watch that need to do something to make an impression and have a chance at making this roster. And not get traded for draft picks. Oh, sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> News just broke. Chief safety Daniel Sorensen will undergo knee surgery and will miss part, the first part of the regular season, according to a source. Sorensen was having a strong camp, but now will miss the remainder of the preseason and then some. Per Adam Schefter. Right, which, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a surprise. I mean, that's what it looked like earlier was he was going to miss some time. Here, here's my main issue with this. If you miss part of the the early season, I mean, it's tough to jump back into the swing of things. You remember last year with Steven Nelson? Mm-hmm. He played way better after the first, like, what, three weeks, four weeks? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Cole Beasley made a, a name for himself off of Steven not being – with the team, really, that first eight weeks. Correct. And that's – so that's the other thing. This affects you for longer than just those – let's say – because it says early part of the season. What does that mean? That means they don't really have a real timetable. So that could mean, what, at least two weeks, three weeks? And then what? You- well, and if it's that long from this point, we're talking not a, not a insignificant injury. We're talking meniscus. Well- could be a partial tear of one of the outer ligaments, LCL, MCL. Yeah, they're talking right. about surgery. So, I mean, to me, that means he's probably going to miss the first three or four weeks. He's probably going to be your first one of your IR players that you can designate to return. And at that point, I don't know that you designate him to return, depending on how Murray or Watts are playing, because if they've played four weeks and if they do the IR, it's going to be they will play eight weeks. You're going to have a pretty good idea of what those two can do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I and that's uh, I, it's a tough thing for him. I, I think he was having a pretty decent camp. Um, you know, that's that's tough for him. But the reality is, they got to figure this out. And I mean, then the other thing to think about is, I mean, Sorensen ain't cheap. I mean, there's there's a whole nope. lot of factors going on here. I mean, you know, honestly, you could trade for uh, well, here, let, let me see what's what's Sorensen's cap at this year. It's about four or five million, right? Yep. So let's say, you know, so let's say it's what, it's, yeah, four, four years, 16 million is the contract itself. And as I look at the cap hit every year, this year the cap hit is at 0.3 million. Okay. And you can save 2.3 cutting him, right? You know, honestly, that, now 2.3 might not seem like a ton of money, but I mean, it's significant. Then you can save, you know, 2.75 next year and then 3.75 the, the year after. Why not make a call and trade for someone like an Earl Thomas? Like, you know, do something highly aggressive and use a little bit of that savings. Now, obviously, Thomas will be way more expensive. But, 
you can, you can at least – I mean, then, then you've got a high-quality player there. Now, to be fair, I do think Earl Thomas is going to want a contract that's not commensurate with the current safety market, but one that's more in line with the market when Eric Berry signed his. So that's a, that's <laughs> that's worrisome. But it, yeah. I, I don't know. Sorensen may not have a job when he gets back. I really have a lot of faith in Armani Watts. Now, watch him reward that by, you know, <laughs> missing eight tackles on – you know, that could – well, but the biggest question with Watts isn't necessarily his play to me. It's more, can he stay healthy too? Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it's his first game. So, I mean, if he misses a bunch of tackles, obviously that's something we know has been an issue. And, yep. and he's going to make this team regardless. And what we need to talk about is who are the guys that need to do something on the positive side to really stand out in order to make this roster? Uh, and beyond him and Murray, I, I think Leon McQuay is a guy who has been a little banged up, but may be in a position to make some plays and may earn himself a spot, like you said. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I like McQuay, the brief flash, but he's always been banged up. Yeah. I mean, that that's tough. What about Jordan Stearns? I like his play. He's been, I know nothing. He's been making <laughs> some impact in camp. I know people have been talking about him. I I. I like his mentality ever since his rookie year, and I, I hope that he can make some noise. And if he does that in this this game Thursday night, that's a good start. Maybe he can surpass McQuay, and if they keep four and, and Dan's on IR, maybe that's what happens. Yeah, maybe. Uh, who else are you looking forward to besides your boy, uh, Blake Mack, who is Travis Kelsey, according to you? <laughs> Oh man, seriously. I'm going to I'm going to take away Briscoe's Twitter privileges. Um, <laughs> oh no, Keith started it first. Oh, did he? Oh, Keith. That Keith, he's a crazy one that guy. Anyway, um uh obviously I'm excited to see him. I want to see and I know, you know, these are more starters, but I, I want to see how Emerson, Fuller and Nelson look. That's going to be incredibly important. I want to see the edge rushers. Uh Derek Naughty. Uh, is a guy I'm really interested in as well. And Xavier Williams, basically all the new arrivals. You know, it's like that every, you know, you got your new toys that you want to see how they look. Um, I want to see how Damian Williams looks in live action. He's really popped in camp. I think he's a strong preseason game. Uh, well, personally, I think he's already got a spot almost locked down, unless he just melts down during the preseason. I really think they like him a lot. And so, uh, but I'm interested in seeing him. Um, beyond that, Yeah. So other than those like ten players, you know, I'm not looking forward to that much. <laughs> I was I was gonna say something to that effect, but I let you go with it. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm I'm excited to see what Demarcus Robinson does with the chance. And even though I don't think he's gonna make the ros- roster, um, uh, Garrett uh, Dieter. Yeah, I'm that would, to see what he does. It would be a good story to see him to see him make a little headway there. And uh, him and Mahomes have a real clear friendship. You can see it in camp. Um, anytime, anytime, Dieter makes a good play, Mahomes is like sprinting over there. <laughs> well, and he worked out with Tyreek as well over the off season. I think he's got a chance. I, I actually have him and Kemp really competing for that sixth spot. That belongs to Mac. Oh, sorry. See, I, I keep saying at the end of the day, there's no reason to keep Jason Morrow, and I, I, I would just list him as a tight end and do with him what you sure. want. Hmm. But that's me. Well, I'm surprised oh. you didn't say there's no reason to keep Demetrius Harris. Oh, wait, but... let me – hold well, on. Hang on. No. I, I just realized I just agreed with Ryan there. You know, Ryan, I got to say what you just said is not only wrong. It's so wrong it almost became right again. 
So oh, I love it when it and comes so, to And so, yeah. Effort. Now, I would say, you know, I think you need to keep Jason Morrow. And here's why. Because I just want to disagree with you about something. <laughs> Let's link this a little bit farther, right? Right. He's searching hoping, for an answer. You know, answer. the one thing I would say the problem with uh with with Blake with Blake Mack is that you can't put him on the line and have him blocking. I don't think. And so that that's a tough deal because uh, Reed asks his number two tight end to do that quite a bit. And so that puts you in kind of a weird situation. If Harris gets hurt, do you not use a second tight end as much? Do you? alter the role of the second tight end do you have kelsey doing those blockings i mean that's a waste i mean there's there's just it just kind of creates a weird situation when you've got a guy like mac who doesn't seem versatile enough to fulfill the duties of the number two tight end spot well that may be true i look at it the other way what if travis kelsey misses a couple of games i think oh Max's you went there and said better. it yeah i, I was mean, staying it, away from that happen. No, well, I agree. It, it's true, you know. I mean, if Kelsey has to go out, Demetrius Harris, right. we know what he is. If he if he gets overthrown by seventeen feet, he'll climb the ladder and make a spectacular catch, and he'll drop <laughs> everything else thrown at him. So, I mean, Blake Mack has has the athletic ability to be, I think, more like Kelsey in the offensive role than Harris. I could see that. See, welcome welcome to Team Blake Mack is Travis Kelsey. I was going to say, considering he hasn't he hasn't even seen Blake Mack in person yet, and he's already saying this. So, <laughs> I got a couple days. I'm, he's definitely someone I'll be focused on. Okay, so who are you guys looking for on defense? And maybe we'll go with Ryan first, yeah, since that's yeah, that, like ten people on offense. I want to see D Liner. I want to see what he can do. I, I thought he had some spark uh, coming out of college, and and I think this might be a defensive line group that is maybe. Um, well, someplace they're going to have to go a little bit lean. And if, if they do uh, keep six, I'd be surprised, but he might be the sixth guy. Uh, I'm also really excited to see what Okime Ligue can do in a, in a more defined role. I thought he showed something kind of cool when he, when he was rushing the passer against Denver. Um, but now that he's gotten first-team reps and he's been the guy to stand in while the other guys are hurt, uh, I, really, I really see him as a coverage linebacker that can do the thing, but can he take on guards? That's, that's what I'm about. Sorry, back to the beginning of the show, folks. Chris, who do you want to keep your eye on? Who who needs to make an impression? Uh, several players need to make an impression. Um, you know, this is going to sound weird, but Frank Zombo, I think he's on the roster bubble at this point. Just mm-hmm. numbers. Uh, yes, he's versatile. He can do many things, or at least they think he can. I haven't really seen it from a pass rush standpoint. Um, but just number roster wise, I don't see how he makes his roster. Uh, the Anthony Thomas, if he wants that chance of making the roster, he has to do something because right now I don't see how he's going to. I'm really interested to see the three young corners as well: Traymond Smith, Arian Springs, and is it Demondre Ma- Demontre Mac? Uh, Wade. Demontre Wade. Wade. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. Got it confused with the other the tight end. Uh, I think those three corners are going to be a lot of fun to watch just because you're going to have uh, somebody that's going to be coming in trying to make plays, and we'll see if those corners are legit or if it's just something that is a camp thing. Oh, hey, there's one more person we should probably watch. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes, no. probably. Get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm going to watch Chase oh, Litton. I made myself cough like an idiot. <laughs> well, you know, t- hey, you know what? I thought Chase Litton looked pretty good in camp. Um, he looked better. But, he looked better than um, 
Henny. Yeah, Henny, the first day I was there. Really? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I was big on Linton when he was signed. I figured he'd make the three. I said that before camp opened, but really? Better than Henny? Okay. Well, he just looks so much more comfortable on the move, and I don't know. He looks like he's just – Henny is not an athlete, I'll tell you what. No. Well, it looks like my guy, uh, my my guy Nate Taylor, he uh, he confirmed with a source here that uh, Sorensen has got knee surgery involving the tibia. Ooh, that can't be good. Oh, no, that's not fun. The tibia. I mean, that's like a break. I mean, recovery could take up to eight weeks. Eight weeks? So, like I said, he could be out. He could be their number one IR guy, which is going to be even worse for Kansas City this year because if you think about it, uh, they're already going to have a hard time getting down to 53 people, and they have to keep him on the roster uh, just to be able to put him on IR the second day. I think yeah, they have to do the same thing with Harris. So that's two people I think that they have to do it with, although I could be wrong on the suspension. Or what they could just do is just trade for Alert Thomas and then cut Swanson. Which, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. But, I mean, he's already made a lot of money. So it's not like, you know, he's going to be destitute. Well, let's let's hope it's something like not a patellar tendon, just something with the bone that those are a lot easier to recover from. So if he does get cut, he should be able to land another job pretty easily. So I will keep my fingers crossed for Dan Sorensen. I know none of you saw that coming, but that's the truth. And I think that will do it for our pregame edition. Hope you guys enjoy this game. Watch it till it's over. Get some insight on who is, is fighting for the bottom of this roster. It's always fun, and it's better to talk about this stuff at work when you actually can top everybody you know. Or you can just listen to us. So, and, Fellas, and, thank you for your time. And don't forget, tomorrow's show is show number 500, and uh, we will be back to talk to you about the game and what we thought of it. Yes. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening tomorrow, and we will talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.